0: What is going on out there? Lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. We're back. Another edition of Bet on Lacrosse. We're looking to cash tickets every week. And every week, if we can give you some trends, some stats, some angles, maybe some opinions that can make you a better better. that's what it's all about i as always am your host dan alexander happy to be with you You can get me on twitter at newbie talks and we're getting the band back together because joining me yet again this week is my go-to stat guru and all-around good dude fellow philly boy brian andrews joins the show again b how we doing brother
1: doing great excited to finally be able to watch some college across again in yep. addition to the NLL. so it's a great time to be a lacrosse fan
0: it's a great time to be a lacrosse fan and i know this is a lacrosse podcast you have a fast forward button for a reason we are recording on a thursday and on this thursday as i said me and brian both philly guys And cue the hallelujah chorus because Ben Simmons is gone today. Happy Ben Simmons being traded day. Um, You have to be pretty hype about that, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on Harden, but I'm just excited that the Ben Simmons saga is over. And for those of you who are not in the Philly area, there's this thing called the frosty freeze out. If people miss back-to-back free throws in the second half of Sixers games, then everybody in the Philadelphia area gets a free Frosty. With Ben Simmons going to the Nets, we might never pay for Frosties again, Brian.
1: I would love that. I'm just excited. <laughs> I'm just excited that the drama era of Philly sports is gone. Carson Wentz is gone. True. Ben Simmons is gone. True. Alshon Jeffrey is gone. I don't True. hate any of these people. Well, I don't really like Ben Simmons because he quit on everybody, but. There's just, there's just so much drama between players in the sport, and it's just not why I enjoy watching sports. So I'm happy that we're back in a place where there, there's still some debate about who should be on what team and whether or not the Eagles or the Sixers should get rid of people or whatever. Um, I'm just tired of people speculating about what's going on in the locker room and this and that. Like I, That's gone now, I'm, and I'm happy about it.
0: Yeah, well, nothing like taking one guy who quit on his team and taking, uh, trading him for a guy who's quit on like 20 different teams. So <laughs> Harden is now a sixer, but you're not here to listen to some NBA talk. You're here for some actionable info in lacrosse, and we got box lacrosse rolling field lacrosse going on college lacrosse is back so we're going to get into some different trends some things that we've noticed either in ncaa or in the nll and then the meat and potatoes you're listening for every week we got your best bets we got your emos and we're going all across lacrosse for both of those across lacrosse I maybe a new name for a different podcast but let's get into it brian I'm going to start with field lacrosse because I've mentioned multiple times. It's my first true love. And in the NCAA, if you've been laying the juice with the favorites on the money line through this early season, well, you're only winning like $10 on hundred dollar bets, but you're winning 13 and one money line favorites, just cleaning up. Interestingly enough though, those teams, or in all those games, the favorites against the spread are seven and seven. So you're flipping a coin on who's covering the spread. But if you just lay in the chalk with the money lines, you're winning at a nice clip. And I also noticed I don't know if you guys saw the same just going through the NCAA uh, lines that are posted on DraftKings. Some of the games and a lot of the games that have the more juicy spreads, so to speak, they don't have money lines on them anymore. And I was wondering why would that be? And it just kind of dawned on me. I placed one of those big money line parlays where you put a bunch of the different favorites that are minus 1600. And it was an easy cash for me, unless you put Navy in there and we'll get to that in just a second. But I feel like probably the books, I wasn't the only one making those bets. So I feel like probably DraftKings got absolutely killed on those type of parlays. And they said, eh, if we're going to put up money lines, let's probably put it up day of or just not do them at all. Did, did you do any of those giant money line favorite parlays? Because not having the spreads, they, they had to have gotten killed on them. The fact that they aren't even posted now.
1: I didn't. And it's a, it was a huge missed opportunity. <laughs> I was trying to find value in spreads and I did. I ended up yeah. I ended up pulling the trigger on um, Utah and Jacksonville, which were, which were great picks. Utah. It, right. Right in like the sweet spot of spread values and field across at this point in the season where it's not like two heavy hitters going at each other, where the spread might be a lot smaller, more like PLL spreads one and a half, two and a half, whatever. Um, but I was going to this week, even though I wouldn't like promote that on a show, be like, this is the parlay necessarily because i don't think that we really push parlays out that much um but that was going to be my strategy but i was looking at that during the week and i was trying to figure out who i would put together who i thought had the best chance and and uh i'm I'm, I'm still waiting for the odds to come back up so that might be the strategy going early that's actually how i bet football because i find that to be the, the easiest and the most fun
0: Just take all the favorites, eat all the chalk, and then you end up with some decent plus money. The one I sprinkled in there, I think it was uh, Maryland on the spread. I felt pretty good about Maryland. They were laying four and a half in their opening game as they were taking on high point. They end up winning 21 to 13. So that was a a nice one that kind of brought the juice up. Because even if you put, you know, minus 1600 with minus 1600 with minus 1600, it's like, a minus 330 parlay. So, if you're able to sprinkle in one that's closer to either even money or even just a minus 110, that's what's going to get you over that threshold of getting some decent plus money payback. So, again, I'm with Brian. I'm never going to suggest that you play parlays, but let's be real. When you're playing parlays and they hit, it's pretty damn fun. So, that was some easy money maker right there. And I'm glad you mentioned the spreads and the sweet spot of valuable plus EV bets in lacrosse because one that my guy Hutton Jackson and I honed in on early was when Marist was getting nine and a half goals earlier this week and I think early in this season the odds makers have shown a propensity to just going off whatever happened last year you know Rutgers was a pretty solid team last year offensively um, good netminder as well so I think they just kind of said oh well, Rutgers, they were a ranked team. Marist, ah, they're kind of an up-and-coming team. Nine and a half. So we hammered that early. And then the line moves to eight and a half. And I say, I still like it at eight and a half. Give me Marist again. And then the line moves to seven and a half. And that's where I finally said, all right, it moved two points. I was thinking about buying back. I didn't. I didn't want to play for a middle. That game ends up 13 to 10. So talking about trying to find value, when those spreads start ticking up, if you're able to make it make sense, because I'm not just going to say, oh, if it's seven and a half, you know, just just take the underdog because there are plenty of teams that can cover that number. But maybe if you see heavy plays like that, and you may, can't make a case for the underdog. Isn't that the point where you just pass the game altogether?
1: Pretty much. And you kind of have to, like, know, especially with how big the pool is in D1 lacrosse, you kind of have to know which teams are on the cusp of being able to compete with the top 20
0: like a Utah, like a Vermont. Yeah.
1: Jacksonville, um, even though they didn't really, they didn't cover against Duke, but still, um, there's still a team that's like on the bubble, but like, it's really tough. Cause then you also have time. You also have stretches in recent history where like Bryant uh, played well against a bunch of top teams. And are they going to be able to do that again this year? So I actually stayed away from Marist for that exact reason. I didn't know, or I wasn't familiar enough with their past successes to justify them playing that closely in that game I I didn't expect it to be that close
0: yeah and there were even some shots or chances when they were going on some decent runs and it was a lot closer than clearly the odds makers expected it to be so those are the kind of spots where you can really find value I think this board coming up this week in the NCAA is actually a little bit tougher than the opening week which is Kind of atypical for me to say because in week ones I'm usually um, a learn and see, or a wait and see kind of guy. You know, I'm never really um, diving in head first, so to speak. But when it was NCAA betting that wasn't playoffs, I was like, I have to be at least putting pizza money on some of these. So it was a good weekend for the BOL boys. Um, it was a great weekend if you had the cojones to play on Mount St. Mary's Mount St. Mary's was a six and a half point dog taken on Navy. They were up to plus 700 on the money line. So a $10 bet wins you 70 hundred dollar bet wins you 700. They won outright as a six and a half point dog. And I was talking a little bit earlier about the 13 and one money line favorites. They were the one team that won uh, as a outright dog impressive stuff by Mount St. Mary's. Now, I don't know if that's more of a, is Navy a team to fade is Mount St. Mary's a team to play on, or we don't know quite yet, Brian, if that was just some week one craziness, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. That's a wait and see for me because historically Mount St. Mary's I'm almost positive has never beat Navy. So I, we got to see who maybe plays next and who Mount St. Mary's plays next. Like we have to get some context. Mount St. Mary's could have came out just more fired up than Navy one day, and maybe it'll equalize as the season goes on.
0: Well, and I think this is for maybe some of the bettors who are listening to bet on lacrosse because they want to know more about lacrosse as opposed to the vice versa. Um, Lacrosse can be similar to basketball in the fact that everybody can go on a run. Like, just because a team is down 6-1, it doesn't mean that they're just going to roll over. Oh, how can we come back? Because you get an unassisted goal. And maybe it's a top chatter one that people start getting hyped up and momentum's in your corner. And now you want to face off. It's a pinch and pop. You score in transition. A six-goal deficit is like a one-possession de- deficit. Like, it, it truly can in lacrosse. And especially when we get into the PLL and you start factoring players that can take the two point shot, which, um, you know, not to get the horse before the cart, but um, teams can always be going on a run. That's why I got my fingers crossed, Brian. If we can eventually have live lines, betting lacrosse, I may never make a bet pre-flop again for, for that exact reason. Cause I mean, you're a lacrosse fan turned better that's something that you love about lacrosse. And as a better, it can maybe frustrate you if you're laying chalk with a favorite. But if you like dogs, runs like that are phenomenal.
1: Yeah, a lot of fun. And another thing on top of that that I'm looking forward to is props, particularly in the oh, PLO. We're gonna have over yeah. under a number of two point goals. Can you imagine a prop on like Romar Dennis with that? Oh. That would be out of this world. So, Autoplay. Yeah. If we start getting over under, you know, 45 saves for Dougie Jameson, like the prop market for lacrosse is just going to be out of this world. And I'm really excited for, for that. In, in addition to wide betting, those are just two aspects that we're really missing that I think will drive interest way up.
0: Absolutely. And, and betting player props is almost like a way to play player fantasy. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's almost like um, you're trying to get your whole entire roster ready to go. And you're just trying to, uh, you know, root for these guys, or in the case of unders, I guess some um, kind of got to root against, but I'm glad that you bring up professional lacrosse because we'll get into the NLL here for a second, before we get into some best bets, you've been tracking something, Brian, uh, that is, that is Stark. Now, if, if you're someone who is not averse to laying some juice, to laying some chalk, however you say it, if you like betting favorites, well, this recent run that's been happening in the NLL might just be the run for you. What's that all about, Brian?
1: Yeah, so if we like go back in time to the PLL episodes where we would talk about how, you know, the money line was kind of like the 50-50 throughout at least the 21, 2021 season. Uh, the NLL, we kind of expected... Expected to be the same, even though it's a bigger league, you know, um, anything can really happen. But we've seen uh, money line favorites win nearly 80% of their games. And the, the prices have started to reflect that. Wow. And uh, that's part of the reason why almost every time I'm on the show, I start talking about totals because the money line just hasn't been really that exciting uh, because the, the prices are really bad. I think the seals are minus 500 going into this week uh, on MGM or, or DraftKings. I don't remember which. Um, but it's been really hard to find value because basically if there's five games uh, you have to pick on average, the one underdog who's going to upset someone uh, and you're probably not even getting that much money for that underdog victory. It's probably going to be like plus plus one twenty five or something. Cause it's, it'll be like a closer matchup. Uh, but we haven't really seen too many, like really, really big upsets. And um, the teams that we've seen starting to beat uh, or starting to win as dogs, they've started to go on runs and now they're just going up in, in the rankings. So it's been really hard to find value.
0: I think to your point of not really seeing some wild upsets, really one of the bigger upsets that we saw, and I put it in air quotes was that riptide when they were getting two and a half, they end up winning against the wings. But we've said multiple times that that was like a textbook bet on the riptide spot because of the short time period that the wings had in between the turnovers. So I'm right there with you. Honestly, I I think if you look at our our, uh, staff picks that we put out um, before each and every weekend for the NLL, you know, I've been really struggling to bet the NLL because I've been trying to be as judicious as possible. And then the plays that I leave on my desk, those are the ones that win. The ones that I, I decide, oh, no, I think there's enough value here. I talk myself into it are the ones that are losing. So, when I started being cognizant of the fact that I personally did not have an edge thus far in the NLL, that's where I started peeling back. And I personally haven't put money on an NLL game in probably two or three weeks. I've been tracking my picks, but I'm glad that I haven't because I just personally have not found an angle that works for me. But with the NLL trend that you give me about favorites hitting on the money line. Maybe it's time when you're not winning, why not spray the board with a bunch of money line favorites in a parlay? Maybe that's the way that that I should be attacking the NLL, Brian.
1: That's just how you got to attack lacrosse. (laughs) in general, I guess at this point, (laughs) you're not wrong. Actual advice because the NCAA (laughs) is going to very much transform as we get to (laughs) conference playoffs and stuff. But like right now, like if you just look at both boards and just put parlays out, I mean, Your chances are high but i don't know it's it's tough to bet like that
0: and that's that's gonna be to your point one a a a market that is going to dry up rather quickly the bookmakers aren't going to allow themselves to keep getting hammered and you're already seeing them saying you guys want to bet money line favorites well good luck when there isn't a money line to bet so find your value elsewhere and that's why you're listening to bet on lacrosse any other things you want to throw in before we get the folks some actionable info let them know what we're going to be playing this week any else in the uh, NLL NCAA before we get rolling into the best bets Brian
1: I I do want to bring up one thing that we're noticing in the totals Uh, just in the books behavior because the last two weeks ago when I was on I was talking about how the how the total lines were like abnormally high and the scores of the games weren't justifying this two-point swing average for the books and uh, the books got crushed. If you just like sp- sprayed the board with underpicks picks and, uh, and they reacted really hard. It went the, the average total line from uh, any of the books went right back down to like the lowest was like 20 and a half highest, was, like 23, maybe a 23 and a half. Um, and we're seeing it again this week. And I think we've, I think the books are just going to settle in at this point and it's going to be up to us, the betters to really, look at how teams have been performing uh, how many times they've been able to hit a certain target over uh, the likelihood that two teams will be able to score enough against each other to add up to that total. So I think, I think that's where we have the biggest chance in the NLL to find, to find some value.
0: I love it, man. And that is what people are listening into the show for he's Brian Andrews. I'm Dan Alexander and it's time for everybody's favorite segment Oh yeah, it's best bet time here on the bet on lacrosse podcast. Since Brian was so nice to join me again, he's going to be up first. And I think you're heading right on back to the NLL. What do you got for the folks here today, Brian?
1: Nice segue from totals to a total for my best bet. Looking at the mammoth roughnecks over 20 and a half, which is minus 130 on DK but minus 125 on MGM. Uh, same line on both. It's kind of, a, it seems like a square pick at, you know, first glance. They just played last week. It was 14, 10, uh, Mammoth won. But the Roughnecks are having like a really rough defensive year. They're letting up 14 goals per game. But even the Mammoth are contributing to this total, this very low total. Uh, between the two teams, cumulatively, uh, They're 64% hitting the over between the two teams and the league wide record for totals that are 21 or under. So 20, 20 and a half, 21 is 80%. So this is like a really low bar to hit for a team that's shown um, that they can produce enough points and let up enough points to really hit this total. So even though the price is a little low, I think when I looked at the board, this stood out to me immediately, even at that price point, because it just felt so natural that, You would assume that they would have put this at least a 21 and a half, a 22.
0: Yeah, I I love it, man. And you know, anytime we're getting any of these low totals, I'm always leaning towards that. And also, a little lesson online shopping you figure, oh, it's minus 130, it's minus 125. Every single cent matters when you're talking about long term winning. So if you can, get it down to minus 125. That's the mammoth rut next over 20 and a half. If you only have DraftKings lines available, worth playing it at minus 130 as well. And I love that Brian comes with the statistics, the analytics, the analysis right there, because his handicapping philosophy is a completely different one than mine. I'm more of like A watch. I'm more of like a gut guy. And if I have some stats to back it up, I love that, but it's however your approach works. So what I'm looking at for my best bet, I'm going to Loyola taking on Maryland. The spread is minus four and a half. Of course, Maryland, the favorite. I'm leaning towards the dog. I know you're shocked. Newbie is taking a dog, right? Yeah, I I know. Maryland is one and oh straight up. They're one and oh against the spread, but they played high point and I'm not to take anything away from high point. They're a program that's surging forward, but I'm also not trying to take anything away from Maryland's win but this is a bit of a step up in competition from playing high point in your opening game to playing Loyola in their opening game. It's a top 10 ranked Loyola team. They finished last year with a 10 and six record. They're bringing back some solid players and you're always going to be motivated when you're playing an in-state team, especially when that in-state team is Maryland, who's the gold standard of lacrosse in their state. Is Maryland a great team? Yes. I'm not denying this, but the game last week was pretty much over before it began, as they just jumped out to a lead. They stepped on high points throats, and I think if Loyola can absorb some punches early, let themselves know we deserve to be on this field with this team. I think they have enough to make it a game against the Terps. Give me the Loyola Greyhounds plus four and a half, plus one hundred five on DraftKings. That is my best bet, and I love it. And also, just a little historical note. I didn't know this, Brian, these two teams have not faced off since 2015. Like they're in the same state and they haven't played in seven years. Like I was pretty surprised to see that it was a one goal game in 2015, but unless Van Wilder's on the team, I don't expect that any of the players are are the same ones that were in 2015.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You have to imagine how you like, I don't know, normally in, in college across when you play the same team, like year after year, it's easy to motivate yourself. You're like, Oh, yeah, you know, we got to get after these guys, you know, they got us last year or, or whatever. we beat these guys three years in a row. This is a, an unacceptable loss to have like blah, blah, blah. These guys like don't even know each other. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. a, a really interesting thing to happen.
0: Yeah. And I also think again, you know, Loyola is a top 10 ranked team, the same kind of, um, you know, spread that we were looking at against a high point team. So does the market view maryland as not as strong as they maybe were probably has a lot to do with the fact that jared bernhardt isn't on the roster anymore we'll see moving forward i'm willing to back the dog give me loyola plus four and a half and at some plus money that could have even made it as my emo but i'm going a little elsewhere i'm going back to the well we had a nice winner for you last week And we're going right back to it. My extra money opportunity this week, I'm taking another dog. I know you're falling out of your chair. Oh my God, we're we're taking dogs. This is how we do it. Not only are we getting points, we're getting some extra money. Opportunity, Utah getting two and a half goals. It's plus 130 right this moment on DraftKings. They're taking on Vermont. Now the only other matchup between these two teams was Utah's first year as a program. It was in 2019 and it was a route for Vermont 21 to six. Now I'm not saying, Oh my goodness. It's a, it's a, it's a further Gipper kind of moment, but I just like throwing in some historical trends, some historical angles as well. Let's just go back to last week and what happened. Utah just lost by one goal to a 12 ranked Denver team. Vermont lost by eight goals to a number three ranked Duke team. So I think those are kind of comparable losses when you're just talking about the level of competition that they were playing. But one thing that stood out to me, Brian, is that nine of Duke's 15 goals against Vermont were unassisted. So what that tells me is that if Utah is able to get some of their Dodgers open, if they're able to get some work down low, it makes me feel that Vermont is susceptible to giving up on assisted goals, which would mean that any team who has shooters is going to be able to hang around against them. If they can get their hands free, get a shot on cage, you have a chance against Vermont. And what it boils down to at the end of the day is that, I still view, even with the one-point loss to Denver, it is a statement year for Utah. They are looking to turn the corner. They're looking to be the new Denver furthest team out West. Come to us and have to try and beat us up. Good luck with that. I'm gonna continue back in Utah if they keep getting plus money, if they get keep getting plus goals, if they keep giving Utah Utes the dogs, I'm gonna be barking with them every week. Give me Utah plus two and a half, plus 130, that, Brian. Is my emo? What do you got for the folks, brother?
1: I am again going back into the NLL, and again, everyone's going to fall out of the chair for mine too. It's another total.
0: Oh my god, dogs and totals, dogs Can't and totals. <laughs>
1: it, uh, tune in next week for our other totals and and dog picks. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the seals and Panther City. Uh, their line is set at 21 and a half, and you can get it at plus 100 on MGM, which I was kind of surprised about because um they played last time and the seals are associated with a good defense they have one of the better Mm -hmm. goals against average in the league um and they have all season they've maintained like real real defensive acumen but panther city after the Banes trade uh put up 12 on the seals which everyone i i think everyone was shocked by i was definitely shocked by it um and the seals still have one of the most prolific offenses in the league Uh, i think they're only second to the bandits right now they might even be ahead of the bandits barely right now um And Panther City still has maintained a high goal output. They've been, they've scored at least 11 in the last three. And, uh, you know, the Seals are putting up almost 13 a game. So, and consistently too, there's not a lot of variability. um, Like say the Rocks, the Rock and the Rush have experienced volatility in scoring. They've been consistently scoring. Panther City more so only if you look at the recent window, but the Seals all season. So um, for plus 100, even money, I, I can't. I can't justify not taking the over on this. I think uh, unless it somehow turns into a defensive struggle, which I don't see with the seals offense, I, I think that this is a clear cut. I love
0: it and I love that we're looking towards overs. You're usually the guy who tells me, hey, pump the brakes, it's under time but I'm glad we're playing on some overs. I'll be uh finally making some NLL bets. I'm riding with my guy Brian on those. Now, I was also running down the NLL slate and at the the top of the show we talked about, you know, our Philly brethren, our Philly brotherhood that we have and I was seeing that this weekend Wings money line, uh they're plus 135 do we just roll with the wings on Philly principle alone? Like everything's coming up Philly right now. Do we, do we just keep on rolling with it? Like, like what do you think about this wings money? line? should we give it as like a bonus EMO for the folks? What do you think?
1: I like it because the wings have to be sitting around stirring about their past couple weeks worth of games. They're coming off. Yeah. They're coming off a week where they got shut off in the second half. I'd come into this game mad and ready to go. The Thunderbirds haven't been putting up, um, a ton of goals every game. It's been hovering around like 10, 11. They're not on, they're in like maybe around the average in the league or something like that. Nothing crazy. And the wings do have a high powered offense. And I think they're going to really look and be highly motivated to get, get back to form. Um, I think it really is going to come down to, uh, Philly's defense. I think that's going to be the make or break is Higgs going to be able to stand on his head. If the defense won't help him out, like, we'll just have to see, but, I feel feel like the momentum is going to have to swing back their way because they're just too talented of a roster to fall down a rabbit hole of losses at this point in the season.
0: I'm with you, man. So let's do it. It's an honorary EMO Wings money line plus 135 from your Philly boys. So to recap, best bets, Mammoth Roughnecks over 20 and a half. Get it at minus 125 on BetMGM. That's my man Brian's best bet for me. It's Loyola plus four and a half at plus 105 as they're taking on Maryland. Our EMOs, I'm going right back to the well with the Utes. Give me Utah plus two and a half at plus 130, taking on Vermont. Brian's taking the PCLC and Seals game over the 21 and a half points at even money and for shits and giggles bet the wings let's do it baby that is our thoughts on the nll and ncaa slate make sure you hit us with a follow on twitter at bet on lacrosse we're on instagram as well and at pro lacrosse bets and be sure that the list is getting longer for signing up for the wait list of the bet on lacrosse report. You love those stats that Brian was dropping. Well, you can get a whole list of your own stats right to your inbox with the bet on lacrosse report, drop us a line and we'll let you know how you can sign up for that. And make sure you let us know who you're betting. What parlays are you putting in? Don't bet parlays foot bet parlays and let us know what you think about our picks and tune in each and every week as we preview these nll lines these ncaa lines and eventually the pll lines is too and help you bet on lacrosse for my man brian andrews i'm dan alexander cash those tickets and we'll talk to you next week